You're listening to Language Nerds to Earth, a podcast about linguistics, culture, travel, and how they're all connected. Now it's time to meet your language nerd hosts. One in China, one in Spain. It's Patrice and Rachel. Hello, everyone. I'm Patrice, and I'm Rachel, and welcome to Language Nerds to Earth. We are on episode number thirty-three. So this week. We're going to be talking about some mistakes you might make while traveling. So a lot of faux pas and some other things. Yeah, some things to look out for in different parts of the world wherever you're going. Yeah, and just overall things to remember to do. Yeah, this is going to be our last episode before the new year、mm-hmm. because Rachel is going to be doing some traveling and. We're all going to be super busy. You probably won't even have time to listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> We want to make sure that you are able to stay up to date, and this this is really us doing you listeners a favor. <laughs> yeah. So we'll take a nice little break, and we'll come back refreshed in January. Yep. Exactly. Oh yes,、yeah, so、we're going to talk about travel faux pas, and then at the end of the show, we have a lost in translation moment from Erica in Indiana. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of a lot of good stuff today. But first, we have some language news. Yeah. So this is kind of a timely topic. I mean, we wanted to do a little something. Uh, related to the holidays, I think. Yeah. And as well, this is a theme that a lot of people are talking about at the moment.、Mm-hmm. It's hot slash cold. <gasps> What? <laughs> <laughs> But um. So this is the song "Baby It's Cold Outside."、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm sure, un- unless you've been living under a social media rock, you probably know that. Baby, it's cold outside. Is getting a lot of flack because it sounds like it might be about date rape,、mm-hmm. and the the Me Too movement is making us all a little bit more, a little bit more sensitive to、mm-hmm. date rape. Yeah, a bit more tuned in, a bit more yeah aware in general. Totally. So honestly, like I'm a little biased because this is literally my favorite holiday song. Oh, really? Yeah, I love singing this with people. Actually, I used to make my brother sing it with me, but late, like over the last few years, he's been re- he's been refusing. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, I really like this song too. But so it's a duet between a man and a woman, and it was originally written in 1949 for the movie Neptune's Daughter,、mm-hmm. and. It won actually an Oscar for best original song in 1950.、Mm. So it's a man and woman talking back and forth, and she's giving lots of excuses like, "Oh, I need to go." Like the neighbors might think. The neighbors might think this, or like, my maiden aunt's mind is vicious.、Mm-hmm. Uh, my father will be pacing the floor,、mm-hmm. and. Say what's in this drink, and he's saying like, "Oh, but it's too cold. There are no cabs.、Mm-hmm. Why don't you just have another drink here?" Basically, yeah. And so, for especially for our international listeners, if you haven't heard this song, here's a little clip of it. I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. Baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been hoping that you drop so in. So very nice. I'll hold your hands. They're just like ice. My mother will start to worry. Beautiful, what's your My hurry? My father will be pacing the floor. Listen to the fireplace roar. So、roll. really, I'd better scurry. Beautiful. Please don't well, hurry. Well, maybe just a half a drink more. Put some records on while I fall. The neighbors might But think. But baby, it's bad out there. Say what's in this no drink? No cabs to be had out there. I wish I knew how. Your eyes are like stars to right break now. This spell. I'll take your hat. Your hair looks swell. I ought to say no, no, no. Mind、sir. if I move in closer? At least I'm gonna say that I tried. What's the sense of hurting my pride? I really can't say. Oh, baby,、say. don't hold out, baby.、Oh, it's cold outside. You can see why it's so magical. So the 
controversy is the con- the controversy is that no, what? it's <laughs> I don't know I've heard like some people say controversy I think I, that's a British th- I way think to that say might be British <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's just like a really funny way to say it controversy okay. <laughs> it cracks me up so the controversy is that um, especially since there's been a lot of awareness in the air about who about women who feel like they're being forced into something um and men not realizing that they kind of create this culture of forcing women into things that they don't want to do from seemingly innocent things like a hug or whatever to like date rape but the song it sounds like the man is making her do something that makes her uncomfortable so this was I th- I thought of, I thought this was kind of language news because the language that he's using in modern terms is definitely like kind of pushy the way we would interpret it. Yeah, and the language that she's using is definitely approaching the no. I mean, she does say no. She does say yeah, the answer like, is no. The answer is no. She says it in a lot of different ways, but I thought it was also cultural news because the culture in 2018 is quite different. There would be no problem if a woman wanted to stay, she could stay. Right. Versus the late 40s, that was not an acceptable or respectable thing to do. Exactly, yeah. That's a good way to put it. So basically, on one hand, it sounds like in modern culture and language, she's saying, no, I don't want to do this. But actually... The day and age said she shouldn't be doing it, and the respectable thing for her to do is say no, but she wants to not say no. She wants to stay at his house. Right. So she's making all these excuses, and he's helping her make excuses to stay by saying, oh, baby, it's cold outside. You don't have to go, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's really a sexually liberating song. Yeah, one Reddit user posted a really interesting opinion post about the song and how it was actually quite kind of, yeah, sexually liberating. Yeah. And this was like a trope that was used a lot where women would say, uh, what's in this drink? Because that kind of gives them an excuse that they can use later. Yeah. Uh, Like, oh, well, which, I mean, it's, yeah, kind of terrible, but that was, you know, the culture at the time and the way that things were. And what's in this drink didn't actually mean, like, Roofies. did you, yeah, <laughs> did you, like, drug me? It it was a line from a movie. It was a reference to pop culture at the time that was, like, is there any alcohol in here or are you just, like, like, are you being a cheapskate by not giving me a drink, like a real drink, basically? Oh, okay. It was a standard joke when the song was created. So it actually meant the opposite. Yeah. Of what we th- would think it means. Right. And but it's totally understandable I think to our modern sensibility about, you know, drinks and protecting your drink and yeah. Somebody might slip you something. Like from our modern standpoint it does make sense that we would understand it that way for sure. Yeah, exactly. There's a really funny consensual version of this song now on YouTube. Oh, really? Maybe it was College Humor. Yeah, it was like, I really can't stay. Okay, you're free to go. I've got to go away. Understood. No means no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we'll post a link to the consensual version of Baby It's Cold Outside in our show notes. Yeah. Which is episode number 33. Yeah, but I think, you know, a lot of her language as well is kind of like, very much hinting at that she wants to stay. Like, yeah. I ought to say no. Not that I am saying no necessarily, but that's what's expected. Um, yeah. The neighbors might think this, or at least I'm going to say that I tried. So apparently this song has been banned in some places, and some, like, radio stations aren't playing it, which is just... It's just a misunderstanding, I think, of the context. Like, it's fine to have this conversation, but... I think people need to understand that the times the times have changed since this song was written. Yeah, I I think that's true, but yeah, like we have to understand that 
that's not really what it's about. But it, I mean, it does have some kind of problematic lyrics in the modern sense. So it could be not something that someone wants to listen to who has had a date rape experience or something like that. Oh my god, Rachel, you're, as always, you're the more reasonable one, and you're totally right. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm over here with my strong opinions, like, just deal with it, it's a good song. (laughs) But you're exactly right, I know. (laughs) So, yeah, so, interesting language news, Um, happy holidays, everybody. Yeah. There you go. And if you're not into the original version, well, you can listen to the consensual version. Which only the male part has changed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really well done. I yeah. I highly recommend it. Really good. It's just so well done. Like, I love the harmonization. Mm-hmm. It's very catchy and very, like, 40s sounding. Mm-hmm. You know. Cool. Well, shall we get into our topic? Definitely. Let's start out with a few general things. So, again, today we're going to talk about faux pas for when you're traveling. So I want to start out by talking about some things that you just need to figure out before you go in any case. For example, one thing that I came up with is tipping. Whenever you go somewhere, figure out beforehand what the tipping culture is like. Americans in general, because, you know, People are underpaid and the tipping culture is so extreme here. We tend to over tip, which, you know, I think overall people like money, but it can be insulting to give too much money to somebody. Like it can be like, here, you need this and I don't because I am better than you, you know? Yeah. And do you know some places where it is insulting? I've read that it's insulting in places like Japan. Yeah. Um, I never tipped in Korea here in China, I usually don't tip. Every once in a while, the delivery guys, because I know that they don't make a lot of money, and they come to our door, and I found out that I can tip them through the app where I order my food. Oh, okay. And so I usually give them, like, a dollar or something. Cool. But otherwise, no, I don't tip here. What yeah. about you? What about in Spain? I don't normally tip, but... They say that, like, you know, if you had a really good experience or if it's, like, a bar that you go to a lot, then you can leave, you know, something, like, mm-hmm. round up or leave, you know, 30 cents, 50 cents, something like that. Yeah, it's nothing compared to the U.S. Yeah, because in the U.S. it's kind of mandatory, more or less. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's a really good one that you point out, like, it's different everywhere, and research it beforehand Mm -hmm. because worst case scenario you're going to insult somebody and if they're not insulted like you're spending a lot of money when you really don't need to Mm -hmm. so nobody wins yeah you also well the waiter might win (laughs) but you also stand out really clearly as like a foreigner and yeah who doesn't know what they're doing yeah and who hasn't done their research beforehand yeah in a lot of places you're gonna be a foreigner no matter what especially if you don't look look like the locals and if you don't speak the language Mm -hmm. but you can try to look like somebody who at least knows what they're doing like an expat you know right no i'm i'm on top of this i'm savvy about this yeah and to be fair it can be a little complicated you can get some kind of varying advice sometimes true but go with what you think is best in the moment. Like, there are some places I know also that have so many United States tourists that the waiters, if they know that you're from the U.S., they do expect you to tip and might be insulted, like, if you don't tip, which is kind of a mm-hmm. little backwards, but... Yeah, no, that's interesting. So don't tell people if you're from the U.S. Yeah people you're European. Well, yeah, pro tip for anybody who is not from the U.S. and is visiting the U.S., if you tip anything less than 15%, one five, it is a huge slap in the face to 
Americans, especially in restaurants and bars, because mm-hmm. people are just totally underpaid. And that's not your fault, but if you're going out, then you need to factor in the cost of a tip. Yeah. And that's kind of a thing, like, even if you don't agree with it or don't understand it, you're in a different culture as well. And right. you need to pay the people as a local would. Right. Because otherwise, you're messing with their day and their salary. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my mom has told me that when she was a waitress and a cocktail waitress, they used to hate when they got, like, European customers because they would never tip, or they would tip, like, a dollar, and they would sit there for hours. And Yeah, yeah. So, like, that's eating into their salary because they can only make so much money an hour based on their number of tables, and if you're sitting at their table for two hours, then you're cutting into money that they could make and you're not paying them at all so exactly yeah I was a server for a year and I remember my very last table I was so excited because it was like some Europeans Mm -hmm. and I spoke like German and Spanish to this table and I was like look how cool I am like I can like communicate with you and I was like really happy that I was able to talk to them and then they left me like a few bucks on a really expensive bill. And I was like, I'm so glad I'm done serving. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, that's what their culture was, but they that was a huge faux pas for them to not tip. Right. And I've heard people tell me here that when they go to the U.S., it's not their culture, so they don't tip. And I'm like, you have to tip. Like, yeah. Students. Like, when, when it comes yeah. up in class, I'm like, I'm not acceptable. You can't. It's not your culture. Like, you have to kind of play by different rules. And same exactly. as when United States people go abroad, like they have to play by other rules, like maybe not tip mm-hmm. or... Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Like when I'm in other cultures, I try to be an, an ambassador to my culture. Mm-hmm. And that means conforming to societal expectations as much as I can to make a good impression. I wanted to add something just... A very general tip Uh when you're traveling, don't expect it to be like your home Mm -hmm. culture, your home country. Like, you need to expect that things are going to be different. There might be some things that you like more, some things that you like less. But I think a big mistake that people make is expecting it to be very similar or not kind of having an open mind about, like, trying something a different way. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, And this kind of goes with another one, which is don't expect everybody to speak your language. I mean, I can remember when I was studying abroad in Spain, and one of the students said, why doesn't everybody just speak English? And it was like, because you're in Spain, you idiot. You know? (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah, just don't. You can't go in and expect that the world is just going to revolve around you because you're a, you're a guest. Mm-hmm. Think about how many people in the United States speak another language and a traveler would not expect them most of the time to speak French or speak Arabic or whatever. But Right. <laughs> but yet, this is kind of a stereotype, I think, for a lot of English speakers. Mm-hmm. Because... As it is kind of the current lingua franca, and it is kind of the common language that everybody is meant to speak in, at least in Europe, and if, like, a Dutch person goes to Spain, they would expect to speak English to each other, for example. Yeah. But they kind of, I think a lot of English speakers take that for granted, and they're like, well, everyone speaks English, and everyone should speak English, because it's the best language. Yeah, right, I know. I love my British friends, but I feel like whenever they get into a group, they start, like, criticizing other cultures a lot, and I feel like that's (laughs) left over from colonialism. So this has turned a little ranty, but anyway. Sorry, Uh, yeah, I'm done. (laughs) No, by both of us. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But anyway, yeah. So moving on. <laughs> Did you want to add anything? Just keep an open mind while you're traveling. Yeah. Um, another one, 
I was reading like lists of faux pas that you make and for a lot of different countries it was like don't praise this country to this country for example Mm -hmm. when you're in Chile don't talk about how great Argentina is or when you're in Brazil don't talk about how great Argentina is and also in Germany don't talk about how much you love France you know Mm -hmm. so usually neighboring countries have some kind of feud with each other yeah usually neighboring countries as you said like have a long history Mm -hmm. they've probably been in conflicts before or they just have a general bias against them Mm -hmm. and it's like well okay if France is so great why don't you go there instead of here yeah Yeah, it just like yeah, Germany and France, Korea and Japan. Don't talk mm-hmm. about how how great Japan is to Koreans. Yeah, Korea was a colony of Japan for a long time. Right, and there was a Japanese emperor who basically slaughtered like half of the Korean peninsula at one point. Yeah, they have a very rough history. Those two, exactly. Countries. So. Just be careful when you are talking to locals in one place about their neighbor, because you never know what the sentiments are, and there could be some tension. And right, you don't want to assume, like, just because they're geographically close, or just because the cultures might be more or less similar compared to your culture, that they're the same or that they like each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like this one that you put... Always ask permission before taking pictures of people. Mm-hmm. It's tempting, maybe, because you're like, oh, I'm in a foreign country. Look at this person in this typical dress or this person doing something very typical to just take a picture of them. But they're, they might not like that. Yeah, they're people. <laughs> it, how would you feel if someone just took a picture of you, like, eating a pizza or something like (laughs) with your friends like it'd be kind of weird no yeah I think that's the best case scenario like somebody might just be like a little uncomfortable with you taking their picture or like worst case scenario it's like one of those cultures that is like for example if you were in Saudi Arabia like women do not have their picture taken oh really yeah like when I was teaching Saudi students whenever it was time for a group picture the women refused to be in the picture. We would take class pictures every month. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, I have so many pictures of me, like, ten Saudi dudes, and, like, a few other students from other places in the world, like Korea or Brazil (laughs) or Venezuela. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, so definitely be careful, especially women who are covered up all the way. They don't want their pictures taken usually. Yeah, and there are cultures as well that, like, getting your photo taken is not something that they do because they believe that it steals part of the soul. Right. And Yeah, if you've watched Zoolander, you know that. Yeah, but <laughs> it is a real thing. Yeah. And there, I think there are multiple that believe that, so... so do a quick Google check. Especially. Yeah. It's like intimidating to ask somebody if you can take their picture, but if you're too shy to ask them, then don't take their picture. Right. And a lot of times this goes for street performers as well. Don't record them like video because they're trying to make money. Especially don't record them if you're not planning on tipping them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Especially in Europe. Yeah. I think. Like don't just like take a video and be like, oh look, uh how exotic and how cool like this guy playing spanish guitar or this Mm -hmm. guy playing the bagpipes and you've just like kind of ripped them off like yeah um one more thing that's kind of general before you go to a place get to know like don't you don't have to memorize all of the cities but just kind of get to know the geography a little bit like If you're going to China and you're going to go to Beijing and somebody says, I'm from Shanghai, and you say, oh, is that nearby? Then you look like a d***. (laughs) Like, no, Shanghai is nowhere near Beijing. Shanghai, Beijing, Guangzhou, and Chengdu are like four different corners of China, basically. So become familiar with a map of the country. Yeah. 
so that you don't come off as like totally, totally ignorant of where you're going. I think that's a good one because, yeah, I mean, maybe it's not so much a faux pas, but it's definitely helpful in at least not looking like an idiot. Yeah. And not looking like you're just there goofing off and not actually trying to learn about anything or right. take in any of the culture that you could. Right, and a lot of times when you meet somebody from that culture, they're excited to want to share their culture with you. Mm-hmm. And if you can demonstrate an interest in their culture by showing that you already know a little bit of something, even if it's just a very, very basic fact, then you'll see their face light up. They'll be like, oh my god, you know about this mm-hmm. because you want to know and then they'll want to share more and you can learn some amazing things from locals as we've talked about in other episodes. So Yeah, it's kind of similar to like when people ask me where I'm from in the US yeah. and I say Tennessee and they're like, uh, what? Yeah. Which, I mean, is not the same because they're obviously in their home country. And I don't expect anybody to, like, know where it is. But sometimes when they do know, I'm like, oh, wow. Right. How do you know that? It's not the most well-traveled state or, (laughs) you know, at least by foreigners. So it gets me excited. I'm like, oh, you know, have you been there? Right. Sometimes they're like, yeah. I'm like, wow. Very unusual. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The other day I met a Chinese person... I told them I was from Tennessee, and they were like, oh, Jack Daniels. And I was like, very good. <laughs> that's usually the reference I give. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jack Daniels. And if, if that's too far away, I'll be like, it's on the same side of the country. You know, Florida, it's close to Florida. Kind of. Close, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, things to look out for. Mm-hmm. So, should we zoom in on a few cultures? Definitely. Yeah, I wanted to kind of go geographically, so I thought we could start with Asia, since that's just where my mind went first since I'm here. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things to do in Asia that are really important. A big thing in general in Asia, when you're eating with chopsticks, you cannot stick them upright in your bowl. So if you have, like, some rice and you're in the middle of your meal or whatever, or even after your meal, you don't want to, like, just stick your chopsticks straight up. Right. Or even in the bowl, you want to, like, set them so that the handle is on the table and the end of the chopsticks that you are that you stick in your mouth, that is on the side of the plate. Right. So why is that? If you put your chopsticks in a bowl right like that, that's actually how you offer food to somebody on their deathbed. <laughs> And also, like, you give it in an offering at a Buddhist altar. Uh, So it reminds people also of, like, incense, which is a religious thing at Buddhist funerals. Yeah, and there's a lot of etiquette surrounding chopsticks, but that's probably a really important one to look out for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you don't have to learn every rule, maybe. But, like, learn the big one. That's, like, the main one. Yeah, don't make (laughs) people think of death, Yeah, basically. That's a nice thing to avoid. Another one uh, with gifts in Asia. Refuse gifts, but eventually accept them. And that's that's in several cultures, too, no? That might be... Actually, I think that's a thing in, like, a lot of Arabic countries. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily a gift, but, like offering something. I remember the Egyptians, when they first arrived to the U.S., like the Egyptian students, they were with some Americans, and they were like, the Americans were like, do you want something to drink? And they're like, no. Or like, do you want something to eat? No. And then they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) And they were actually starving and like, were just expecting to be offered again and again to finally accept. And so... (laughs) They had to learn that lesson pretty quickly, (laughs) but they had to say yes if they wanted it. (laughs) Yeah, trial by fire. That's funny. Yeah, so in Asia, you always, like, if somebody offers you something, you're supposed to refuse it Mm -hmm. and then eventually accept the gift. Actually, that happened to me today. My co-worker, she was like, here, I bought this, this big jug of pickled radishes. 
do you want it? And I'm like, no thanks. And she was like, really, I have two. You can have the other one. And I'm like, no, I really don't want it. But she would, thought I was being polite. So now I have this thing of pickled <laughs> radishes on my desk at school. <laughs> so it's impolite to refuse a gift in the end, but you still need right. to refuse it the first few times. And then afterward, you should send like a little note expressing gratitude. Um, in Korea, you need to always accept gifts and money and give gifts mm-hmm. and money with two hands. Really give anything with two hands right. and a slight bow of the head. Well, in Dubai, but also other parts of the Middle East as well. And mm-hmm. a lot of Muslim countries in general. It's not a good thing for men and women to be kissing or hugging or basically showing affection in public. Mm-hmm. And in Saudi Arabia, that's like actually illegal right right in saudi arabia and in dubai Mm -hmm. it's illegal to hug or kiss in public but i did read that in dubai married men and women can hold hands progressive yeah i know (laughs) this is very g-rated yeah seth and i would be immediately in prison because they're always like Mm -hmm. like giving each other a peck on the cheek or and we're not disgusting but for us, normal behavior would be punishable. We would be in prison. Right. You'd have to really, like, work on it or really be conscious of not doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, something similar. Maybe this is kind of a general point, too, but be aware of clothing and what you're wearing because maybe something that's totally normal or totally appropriate in your culture might be not appropriate or might be maybe even offensive Mm -hmm. in another culture like for example this came to my mind because of the middle east women need to dress more conservatively than they would probably in the united states or in europe or in most of the american continent actually yeah um when i was in morocco it was so so hot and Morocco is more progressive and more liberal, but still, it's better to dress like women would there. So no legs exposed, so either pants or Mm -hmm. long skirts or dresses. Cover the shoulders, Mm -hmm. if possible, nothing too low cut. And I saw a lot of women in shorts and tank tops, and nobody said anything. Like, it's not Saudi Arabia or something, but... Mm -hmm. They definitely got a lot of weird looks. And it's not that respectful of their culture, you know? Yeah. I know that it's hot, and I know that mm-hmm. it's more comfortable, and you're used to wearing shorts or whatever, but you have to be aware that you're not in your culture, so. That's a good point. Actually, it reminded me, in Asia, especially in, like, Korea, Japan, and and parts of China, mm-hmm. definitely China, like, you don't show up any cleavage. Yeah. Anything, like, exposing more than the neck is pretty scandalous in Asia. But people are very, like, they do not care about showing their legs. <laughs> so you get, like, a lot of butt cleavage in Asia. <laughs> it's like, are you even wearing pants? <laughs> I can see everything. But, yeah, there's a lot of very, very high-cut shirts. Yeah. And it's difficult to find anything that's not high-cut in Asia. Yeah, that's true. That's true. One more place to be careful, and this is not an exhaustive list of any kind. It's just kind of interesting things to look out for Mm -hmm. in different places you go. But this is really interesting to me, especially Buddhist cultures. You don't touch anybody's head or pass something over their head because the head is supposed to be the closest thing to God. Mm -hmm. And so if you touch somebody's head, you're like touching a sacred part of them. And that's a big no-no. Okay. One more thing in Thailand, as especially non-Thai people, you do not talk about the Thai royal family, especially in a critical manner. Right. If you don't know anything about the Thai royal family... I do not have time to tell you about it right now, but it is so interesting. (laughs) Like, there is so much drama around the Thai royal family. The king who passed away recently had a few kids, and his daughter is loved by all, 
and his son is kind of a psycho and but he's the one who had to take the crown when his dad died it's really really interesting but foreigners in thailand do not talk about the thai royal family and actually the movie and books in all forms of the story the king and i are banned in thailand yeah that's interesting yeah okay so let's move on to europe yeah so we kind of hinted at this when we were talking about tipping but don't expect fast service at a restaurant or someplace that you're eating because that's not the culture. Yeah. And we talked about it in the reverse, that they would sit there for hours in restaurants in the U.S., and that was kind of a faux pas. Mm-hmm. But it's the opposite, obviously, in Europe, because yeah, meals are like kind of a leisure time, and you're supposed to sit and enjoy it and not rush through it. Mm-hmm. Enjoy others' company as well. Right, and you shouldn't expect them to bring you the bill or to hint at you leaving most of the time. Right. Because they're waiting for you to ask for it. So don't sit there and be like, why haven't they brought my check? I've been waiting for an hour. (laughs) You're going to keep waiting until you ask for it. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Another one about being in Europe, it's considered kind of crass, I think, to try to split the bill with people. Mm -hmm. Whenever you go out, one person takes care of the bill. Yeah. That's not me. I definitely split the bill. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I'm also friends with a lot of foreigners. Yeah. But one thing to keep in mind when you're in Europe, if somebody says, oh, I invite you to a beer or Mm -hmm. I invite you to a drink or I invite you to a dinner, that means they're going to treat you. Because in most languages, invite and treat are the same word. Right. So it's implied. Yeah, exactly. So... If somebody invites you somewhere, they're also going to treat you. So if you try to pay, it's going to be an insult to them. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Something related to clothing again, especially in Italy, but also other countries that are pretty religious. Also Russia, like going into churches improperly dressed Mm -hmm. is a big no-no. And actually in a lot of Italian churches, they won't allow you in. In Spain, they're not so strict even though they're also Catholic. I think also France, they're not so strict. Mm -hmm. But in Italy, women, if you don't have something at least covering your knees or covering your shoulders, you probably aren't going to be allowed in. Yeah. It goes for a lot of temples in Asia as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of times if you're traveling and you know you're going to go to a temple, then make sure just to bring like a sarong that you can wrap around your waist in case you... In case you forget that you are not wearing something appropriate. Yeah. A lot of Eastern Orthodox churches. Mm. So in Russia, I remember this was a big thing. Women also have to cover their head. Mm. So bring a scarf with you or something like that. And that works in Italy too. You can wrap it around your shoulders. or Right. That's good advice. Yeah, cool. Another thing that... I feel like, especially in Germany, I don't know about other places in Europe, but Germans don't really smile at people. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's considered kind of stupid if you're, like, going around smiling at people for no (laughs) apparent reason. Like, people don't smile at each other unless they're acquaintances or friends and they're actually having a conversation. But if you walk around and you're like, hello, hello, (laughs) smiling at people, then people might be like, hmm. Does this person have a mental deficiency? Like, why are they greeting everybody? <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, Unless you're in, like, some rural areas, maybe. But as a general rule, especially in the cities, you don't greet everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in a lot of countries in Europe, it's custom to kiss on the cheek. This is not a universal thing. So this would probably be a good idea to look at the customs before you go to that country. So for example, in Spain, you kiss on the cheek twice. You turn your head left and then right. In Italy, it's the opposite. It's right and then left. So this has happened to me and I was aware of it, but (laughs) I just went to the left anyway when I was in Italy the last time and they went to the right. So we kind of like almost kissed. (laughs) on the mouth so 
Oops. That's something to be aware of. And some places, I can't think of where they do three. Mm-hmm. I think Brazil. Maybe one. Maybe Brazil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe Latin America. No. Well, a lot of Latin America, they do one, I think. But some countries in Europe also, they do one. Uh, obviously, the United Kingdom, there's a handshake, but or sometimes a kiss for women. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. It's funny. I have some European friends here and I'm all it's always like a surprise to me I'm like oh we're kissing and it's not because I don't like kissing greetings it's always just like such a crapshoot for me because I have friends from so many places right sometimes one person will go for a handshake and one goes for a kiss and it's like "Mm, okay yes we're 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 doing both (laughs) (laughs) I love that so I usually just initiate the kiss, if nothing else. Even if I'm with, like, you know, British or American foreigners, I'm like, you know what? Like, we're in Spain, so... When in Spain. Like, just easier for avoiding awkwardness if I just, like, lead it. Yeah. I didn't know. I think I had heard that before, but I totally forgot that, like, Italy and Spain are opposite. Yeah, kisses, and I think France sides. has also left, like, Spain. Mm-hmm, but it might be three... I feel like it might be three times in France. <sighs> I just can't remember where it is. But, yeah, they do different numbers. And some countries, I think more like the north of Europe, are not kissers. So it might be more handshakes or, mm-hmm. you know, stuff right. like that. So just look a little bit because more than anything, it's just a little embarrassing. Like when you go for the wrong thing. or <laughs> Well, and, yeah, some places are just like half handshake, half hug. Mm-hmm. So uh, Speaking of that, in... Asia, there are different bow combinations and <laughs> greetings. China doesn't do bows anymore, but in Korea, there's bowing. In Japan, there's bowing. In Thailand, there's bowing with the with your hands under your chin in okay. a prayer. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you only bow to people who are, like, at your status or above. So... Yeah, definitely Google greeting culture before you go somewhere. Yeah. Cool. So let's go to Latin America then. Yeah. Latin America. I couldn't find a lot of stuff. I'm sure there's a lot of etiquette that you can destroy and faux pas that you can commit if you are in Latin America. But the number one that I found and that I've heard as well was if you tell somebody from Latin America that you are American and you're from the United States... You are kind of insulting them. <laughs> like, yeah. I am the real American, and you're not. Yeah, this goes for Canada, too. I mean, yeah, nobody likes to hear that, okay, we're all American. Like, don't claim that you're the only American. Yeah. It's kind of awkward in English because there's no word for a person from the United States. Right. Actually, Emilio always calls it United Station. Oh, that's cute. To, like... <laughs> distinguished because he doesn't like calling it American. Oh. Another one for Latin America that I found and I thought was kind of funny mm-hmm. is you have to make sure that you're going to share food. Uh, it's really rude to not offer to share your food. Yeah. So I was reading this on Quora and the author of the Quora article was Asian. And in Asia, like we said earlier, it's Um, really rude to turn down something Mm -hmm. so he thought that he was being polite by offering and the person who offered food in chile was disappointed because he actually didn't want to share his food but he was just being polite by (laughs) offering it and the asian person was just trying to be polite by accepting it (laughs) so that's a really good lost in translation moment yeah in latin america in general Language is much more polite than perhaps in the United States. Although I don't tend to say I want or give me a, you know, when you're ordering at a restaurant or something. I think I would tend to say more like I'd like or maybe I want, but maybe I would like or could you give me a Mm -hmm. salad or whatever. But I think it's a big contrast in Latin America to Spain, like the language used and the politeness level. So like in Latin America, it's more formal and more polite. Like, would you please give me a coffee? Mm-hmm. And using the formal you. Yeah. In Spain, it's a lot 
more direct and less formal, less polite. Mm-hmm. So definitely, it's often used like a command, like give me a coffee or put me a coffee or just coffee. <laughs> mm-hmm. And using the informal you as well. Right. Uh, especially in in Costa Rica, there's a lot of the formal you. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who's from Costa Rica, and she always calls her friends on Facebook. And also when I'm talking, when I'm speaking Spanish with her, she calls me the formal you. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, after being in Spain, it's it feels really weird to me. I'm like, oh no, that's you're being so polite to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I think overall, Latin American Spanish is just more polite, and then Costa Rica is like really, really polite. Like the epitome. <laughs> Are there any that you can think of for the United States? Um, the tipping we talked about. I read just a minute ago, urinating in public, <laughs> and also drinking in yes. public. Those are not things that you do in the United States. Yeah. And they're commonly done other places, but they're both punishable by law. In China and sometimes in Korea as well, I have seen plenty of parents helping small children urinate or defecate in public. Oh, yeah. I've seen that here, too. Oh, yeah. Which is not okay in the U.S. No, no. (laughs) It's just not... (laughs) Just don't do it. No, and also, like, if you're drunk or something and you need to pee, like, just, I guess, try to find a bathroom because, I mean, you can... You can get into legal trouble. I think you can get fined. You can get... I don't know if you could go to jail, but you definitely can get fined. Yeah. So, anyway, um, if you have any more things to add to our list of cultural faux pas please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. What's the biggest faux pas in your country? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, I think that wraps everything up. And now it's finally time for our... Lost in Translation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been so long since we've done one. We forgot how to do it. Um, yeah, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> We've been waiting forever, and thank you so much to Erica. Mm-hmm. Thank you. We really appreciate it, Erica. So this is Erica from Indiana, and she is going to tell us about an experience that her daughter had when she was studying abroad. When Lydia was in Argentina, it was her host father's birthday, and... They had a whole bunch of guests and good friends come, and everybody was sitting around the living room talking, and all in Spanish. And Lydia was telling them that she was going to uh, Uruguay for the weekend, and somebody said, oh, that's, that's wonderful. And she said, yes, I am so exitosa. And there was this stunned silence and everybody just froze and the women in particular went pale and she was like what's going on and then somebody pulled her aside and they're like that you only say that that's sexual you only say that if you're like sexually like horny or it's emocionada not exitosa And Liddy turned bright red, and it was all she could do not to start crying. She was so embarrassed and upset. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, classic. Classic. Yeah, Yeah, that makes a big difference. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think... I think the word is excitada mm-hmm. that she was going for, and that is uh, frequently, I mean, that is used in a sexual way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, emocionada. Yeah. Anyone out there learning Spanish or Spanish speaker, second language, just make sure we keep that straight. <laughs> <laughs> emocionada, emocionado. That's the one. <laughs> Don't forget. Yeah, avoid some 
weird looks or awkward moments. That sounds like a really awkward moment. Yeah, that one's really bad. And then you could also make it even worse by trying to say you're embarrassed. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Which means that, like, embarassada means pregnant. So that'd be really funny if you were like, oh, yo estoy excitada. Oh, that's wrong. Oh, ahora estoy embarazada. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. And a good learning experience. (laughs) Definitely. I mean, I was just telling somebody the other day, that's how you learn a foreign language. You try saying something and you just develop memories trying to say things. And then a lot of times you end up messing it up mm-hmm. and you remember yeah <laughs> you never forget yeah for sure especially like a story like that that sounds like it was really really embarrassing she's never gonna forget that word again mm-hmm. yeah since everybody just got quiet <laughs> yeah yeah well thank you so much for sharing that story with us erica yes thank you thank you so much that was awesome so uh, to share your Lost in Translation story, go to our website at languagenerdstoearth.com and you can click on the contact slash LIT section and use the speak pipe, which is actually what Erica did. She recorded through our website. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, cool. I think that pretty much sums it up for 2018. Yes, pretty good year. It's- first year yeah it was fun 33 episodes in one actually more like nine months so yeah we started like what the end of february or the beginning of march so yeah like nine months 33 episodes yeah nice i'm excited for the next year and to continue yeah definitely well i hope everybody has a wonderful holiday season and a happy new year yes and uh, we'll be back in January, and I don't know what our next episode is going to be about. We'll be it's talking very far about ahead. that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you have any requests, let us know. Yeah. We're due for language next, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, okay. Well, uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can get our next one ASAP as mm-hmm. soon as we release it. Uh, follow us on social media. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. And that way we can just stay a little bit more connected. You can see things we're doing between episodes. Exactly. Make sure to stop by our page on iTunes so you can leave us a review. Uh, That really helps with our visibility. And thank you to all of our listeners who already left reviews. Yeah. And if you know somebody who might enjoy it, go ahead and tell them about it. Uh, Word of mouth is a really great way for us to grow as well. Exactly. So I think that's it, everybody. See you next year. Yeah. Have a great one. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.